Kids' birthday parties can be the most fun, if you know a few tricks. I'm spilling my secrets today, and that's something to celebrate. Welcome to Something to Celebrate. I'm Amy Wiley, owner of Suburban Soiree. Join me as we celebrate, decorate, organize, host, and make life fun. Hello and welcome to episode 26. I am so glad you're here. Today we are talking kids' birthday parties. These either make you smile or make you cringe or a little bit of both. They make me smile. I actually discovered my love of throwing parties once I became a mom. I have this really distinct memory of my son's first birthday party. We were getting everything ready. It was a race car themed party, super cute. And I was walking down my driveway with a huge bunch of balloons to tie to the mailbox. And I remember thinking, well, this, this is just the most fun. Not just tying balloons on the mailbox, but the whole thing. I was like, I just love this. I've always enjoyed throwing parties for my kids. My kids are 14 and 11, a boy and a girl. So we've done a little bit of everything. I love going crazy with a theme. I love having my kids' friends in my home and getting to know the other parents. We've actually had several comments over the years of how fun it is to actually have a home party. Uh, Nothing wrong with having parties outside your home at like a bounce place or a bowling alley. We've done some of that, but just how nice it is to get to be in someone's house together. I love using my creativity and making a big deal out of birthdays, and honestly, um, It can be a little emotional for your kids to turn a new age. Honestly, it's great and it's what is supposed to happen, but there can be some emotion there. And I find that truly commemorating it, going big, really celebrating and marking those milestones helps them pass a little easier when you feel like you've fully given it the attention it deserves. At the same time, a house full of crazy kids can be stressful, so as a seasoned birthday party mom, I'm happy to share what I've learned over the years, and that's what I will be doing on this episode today. I'm going to share a handful of tips that I've developed over the years and kind of tricks that I use. I had a question on Instagram from Brittany, who is a fun Instagram friend, and she wanted to know about sticking to a budget, which is always a big question. And I actually have budget tips sort of throughout my other tips. And so listen for those if that's something that concerns you as well. So let's start with the timing of the party. I think the timing is everything in life and in kids' birthday parties. My advice is to keep it short. I say the party should be no more than two hours long. Now, since my kids are older and they are getting more into the preteen and teen years, they do smaller parties with fewer friends and those can go a little bit longer. But when you're talking about um, babies through toddlers through elementary school age, keep it short. There was even one year where I had their parties. They were only an hour and a half long. My kids' birthdays are just about a month apart. So it's sort of a birthday season for us. And I was just not feeling it. I kept it super short. And that is what worked in that season and sort of the activity level and ages of the kids. So schedule a short party, even when we get invitations to parties that are four or five hours long, I think, oh, I don't think you want to do that. <laughs> it's everyone's choice. But to keep your sanity Keep it short, keep it fun, keep it action-packed, and that really is the way to go. And I found kids will blow through activities. I find more so the boys than the girls, not to generalize, but that's what I found to be true. Boys will blow through a game or a snack or an activity in 
no time. So we'll talk about activities and what to do to keep them busy a little bit later, but it really helps to keep the party short. Another thing on the timing, and this is a big budget saver, stress saver, it saves you a lot of work, and that is to avoid meal times. Now we've had plenty of parties where we served a meal, everything from breakfast, lunch, or dinner. We do that often with family parties, especially when we do a family party separate from the friend party. But you are going to save so much hassle and tons of money if you avoid a meal time. So this means have your party late morning or early afternoon. So if a party is from two to four, no one is expecting lunch or dinner at that party. Now it's funny, my kids will go to parties that are at those times. And then when I pick them up, they're like, we had pizza, we're not hungry. It's everyone's choice, but I think you don't have to feed them pizza at that hour. They are fine. You just need cake and maybe some snacks. It's always nice to have snacks on hand for parents who might be hanging around too, but you can really simplify things by avoiding those meal times. And I do know in the younger years, you are trying to avoid nap times as well. That is a whole juggling act. So you just work on that perfect time and that can make a big difference. Here's another thing. I found kids are so excited at a party. They don't eat much anyway. You send them like, everyone get your plates. Everyone get your food. They load up. They sit down. They eat two bites. They want to go off and play in the bounce house or with the activities or see what's going on. So you really don't have to mess with a meal unless you just want to. My next tip is especially crucial in those young years as well. And that is to contain the party to a certain area of your home. Don't give all those crazy kiddos run of the whole house. If you can have it outside, that is awesome. If you can have good weather and just throw them all in the backyard, that is great because they can go crazy and it's always fun to be outside. My kids' birthdays are in February and March. And while we've had some outside playtime at their birthdays, we can never plan on that. So we always plan on the party being inside. But what I mean by containing it to a certain area is that... For us, for instance, we have a two-story house and then we have a basement. So I usually close off the basement, close the door to the basement. Often I put a little kid's table or a sign or some sort of activity or decoration in front of that door. It's kind of in a little corner where you can do that. And so it's just not accessible. Um, always kids will want to see their friend's bedroom. They're like, we want to see your room. Let them run up there, let them see it, and then say, hey, we're having the party down here though. Y'all can come on back down. I think you can set boundaries and make it clear that the party is in a certain part of your house without being rude, with still showing hospitality. And as your kids get more experience, they can help um, enforce those boundaries as well. That doesn't mean you're going to freak out on someone if they go into the wrong room. I hope you hear me on this. But you don't want every single toy in your house on the floor, every room destroyed. It can happen. It has happened to my house. It's not the most fun and it's just not necessary. So have your designated party area and keep it pretty clear. Again, you want to be super hospitable, but you want to contain the mess whenever possible. Next, let's talk about your invitation list. I find it's very important and it's very beneficial to be inclusive with your invitation list. So this means you either invite the whole class, this is if you're in a school situation, or even a group of friends, I guess, but invite the whole class, or if it's a girl's party, invite all the girls in the class, or just keep it super small and invite two or three friends. Don't go halfway where you invite half the class, where you invite all of the boys except for two boys. I just find that can lead to hurt feelings and it's really better to be inclusive even if your kids are reluctant to this and say I don't know them and I don't know them. 
it is a great way to show kindness and you can really set the tone for your friend group and for your kids class to include everyone. And listen, they probably all won't come, but they might, but you're not necessarily going to have all of those kids there, but extending the invitation is definitely the way to go. Now, this can mean you have to include a difficult friend or a difficult classmate, but just in my experience, inviting instead of not inviting is the way to go. And I've had parents tell me they were just really thrilled to be included. I've had teachers say, I heard you had um, this particular student. I know that's a challenge. That was nice of you. And thank you for doing that. Maybe they know more about the situation than you do. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn. It can be difficult um, sometimes to include each and every person. But really, it's the kind way to be. And it's just a nice thing to model for your children as well. And listen, if you're going to invite the whole class, that's another reason not to feed them a meal. <laughs> it's too many people. And you can also plan on parents staying and sticking around in the young years. Um, I had one child who loved me to stay well beyond when other parents were comfortable leaving their kids. And so I stayed at many birthday parties. Plan on parents hanging around and then plan on as soon as you get past where the parents do need to stay, they're going to drop those kids and go do something fun. And I always encourage the parents to do that. They would say, do you need me to stay? Do you need anything? I'm like, go have a Starbucks live it up. This party's only an hour and a half anyway, <laughs> then we'll see you in a little bit. But if you happen to be just starting out, or maybe you're not sure who to include, include everybody. You would want them to include your child, and so that is a great way to approach it. Next, let's talk about party favors. Of course, we're kind of jumping around here, but it's all under the umbrella of kids' parties. I love party favors. I think they are really fun. They are not required. You don't have to give a gift to everyone coming to your party, especially if you are trying to keep the budget in line. But I do have some thoughts on favors. I love a party favor because it's a great way to carry out the theme. It's always really fun and enticing for kids if they see a basket of little things they're going to take home by the door. If they see that, that just adds some excitement for them. But my advice, make them good. Don't give a bag of basically trash. Now, I've done that before because you can find so many cute little trinkety things that match your theme. But instead of doing where you go to the party store and you get the 10 cent pencil and the 25 cent eraser and the little candies and the little bouncy balls and all of that, honestly, we all know where that ends up. It ends up on the floorboard of your car and later in the trash and it's just sort of clutter and junk. Now, kids can really enjoy that clutter and junk. I know that is true, but I have found it's better to put your money and your effort into a more quality item, into one nice thing, instead of what is essentially going to be trash in a day. An example of this, for one of my son's parties, he had a camping theme. It was super cute, and we did sort of like a red and uh, black flannel you know, lumberjack plaid kind of a theme with tents and just a whole like outdoorsy camping theme. And this particular party was a family party. We have lots of cousins. Our family is a party in itself. And so I gave each of the cousins a really cute stuffed black bear stuffed animal. I bought them in bulk. It was not super expensive, but it was a really nice stuffed animal that they could keep instead of just like a bag of camping junk. I have also done when you want to keep your budget tight and you just want something that is not junky, 
Uh, I would think this is not junky, but I've done the big boxes of like movie theater candy that you can get for a dollar at Walgreens or other places. A big box of cute candy tied up with a bow, a cute tag, going with the theme of the party. That's something they can eat. It's a treat. It's consumable. And it's sort of special because it's the big box. It's like a big, you know, full size thing. So that is one way you can go that's pretty cost effective. And what kid isn't excited for a giant box of candy? And yes, I am that parent that will send your kid home with that. And I have a couple of other thoughts on party favors. Always have extras. Do not cut it exactly close on the number of kids you think are coming for a couple of reasons. Um, someone can always pop up that said they weren't coming and then they say, hi, oh, we actually, our soccer game was canceled. We're here. And that's fine. Uh, there can be people you don't hear from and you assume they're not coming. And then here they come. And I can tell you when you do these big parties and invite the whole class or invite a big group, you can get siblings that tag along um, or you can get like, hi, we have this friend in town and they're here too. And so it's always nice to be able to be really welcoming and say the more the merrier and have a favor for that child. I've had several instances where someone has to bring a sibling because of, you know, childcare issues and just the way it worked that day. And they say, don't worry, she won't eat anything. They don't need to be part of the party. And I always like to be able to say, no, there's plenty. And here you get a favor too. That's just a nice way to be. It's always great to plan on extra and I'd rather have them extra and left over than not have enough. Also for this reason and more, I would avoid putting names on the favors. Uh, sometimes I had done that in the past, especially if you're doing a really cute quality item, it could be fun to add each person's name. You can do that, but <laughs> I've had where I accidentally forget someone or, you know, an extra person comes, it's better just to make them all the same. That's just sort of a hassle saver. And, you know, when you're in those young years, I don't know about you, my mind wasn't always <laughs> super crystal clear. It's still not. And so that just sort of saves that trouble of getting names mixed up. Let's take a break and then we will talk about activities at the party, what to do with all those kids. Spring is finally on the way and new tea towels are in my Etsy shop. New designs celebrate spring, Mother's Day, and others are just fun anytime. Tea towels are a great way to brighten up your kitchen for the season and they make darling gifts. As always, shipping is automatically free when you spend $35 or more. Look for Suburban Soiree on Etsy.com or head to the link in the show notes to shop. Let's talk party activities. Overall, I found it's better to have too many activities planned than not enough. I have a boy and a girl, as I mentioned. I found the girls will linger over crafts and things. They tend to take their time and really get into it. Boys can plow through a game or a craft in no time. I mean, they will just be like lightning. Okay, next. What's next? They have so much energy and they're so much fun. I love having boy parties, but you want to have plenty of activities. At the same time, something I learned from helping with kids classes at my church. If kids are into an activity, if they are sitting and doing that craft and taking more time than you had maybe allotted, I always sort of make a rough schedule and plan out how I want the party to go. But if they are happy and they are occupied, don't feel like you need to rush them on to the next thing. Just let them enjoy it and let it be what it is because the next activity they might blow through and be done with in two minutes. 
So I was thinking through different activities and games we've done to sort of fill the time and to fit the theme of different parties over the years. And I just got a real kick of thinking about all the fun things we've done. We've done all kinds of games. We have made up the most random games to fit the theme. And you can do that too. The games don't need to be super sophisticated. They don't even need to produce a clear winner. It's just an activity that makes the kids feel included and involved, get them moving, get them laughing. We did one. It was a Star Wars party for my son, which I know nothing about Star Wars. I still don't know anything about Star Wars after this party. But my husband made a big board that we attached balloons to. And I can't remember exactly, but the kids got to go up and pop a balloon. And then inside the balloon was a little paper that either had a Star Wars trivia question or it had a silly activity for them to do. And it was just sort of made up and crazy, but they loved getting to pop the balloon. They love when it's their turn. We had funny stuff in there that would make everyone laugh. So if you do a little thinking, do a little searching around on Pinterest, you can come up with some good games. My daughter had a spa party where we gave the girls all kinds of spa treatments that were, you know, some were legit, some were kind of made up. She had a pajamas in Paris party. That was a super cute one. And we did a runway and a whole kind of fashion show with the girls in their fancy pajamas. And we gave them boas and sunglasses. You can also do photo ops. I know photo backdrops are really in style now. I feel like we were kind of doing this before it was cool and we didn't do them as cool as they are now, but it's really fun to have a photo set up, especially if kids dress up or wear costumes for the theme of the party. Then you can share the photos with the parents. Everyone always enjoys that. Always get a group photo if at all possible. I have so many pictures of babies all lined up on our sofa, of toddlers all lined up on our front porch steps. It's a little hassle. The kids don't like it. The parents love it. Line up all those kids and get a group picture whenever you can. We always love a pinata. That's a great way to incorporate your theme if you can find a pinata that matches. I was thinking back to my son's dinosaur party where we had a particularly difficult pinata. The kids could not break it. And it ended in the dinosaur on the floor and my husband beating it with a bat. It was a little violent. and It was sort of hilarious at the time, but we got that dinosaur open and got that candy to the kids. I'm also a fan of doing crafts, and this can be something they take home as well as sort of a favor. You can find inexpensive craft kits on orientaltrading.com. I know for that camping party, there was a little photo frame that you made that looked like a cabin with trees, and I have a little, um, it's not a Polaroid, it's like a mini instant camera that makes a little instant photos, and so I took a photo of all the kids, and then they put them in the little frame. Many times I've often found just a free coloring sheet on the internet that fits, for instance, a unicorn party. You can find a free unicorn coloring photo. We print those out on cardstock and then we just get watercolors and let the kids watercolor paint on those. And the Crayola watercolor sets are so inexpensive. I still have tons of them, but it's really relaxing and fun for all the kids to sit and paint. And it's not nearly as messy as you're afraid it might be. But a craft does not have to be a perfect keepsake craft. The idea is the activity and doing the craft. It doesn't have to necessarily produce something that is going to be heirloom quality, you know, just like a watercolor picture, but they can take it home and they have fun making it and they can be really proud of it. Speaking of crafts, we had this great table. One of my sister-in-laws ended up with this table from a church renovation somehow we ended up with it. It was a yellow long kids table, like a kids height table 
with tons of yellow little chairs. It was like a table you would find at church or in a school. And we rotated that table around to all our houses for birthday parties. It has been covered with every kind of themed tablecloth and seen many snacks and crafts and birthday cakes. And we used that table for many years and made a lot of memories around that little kid's table. So it's fun to think about that. As for more activities, we have painted nails. We have applied temporary tattoos in dramatic fashion. You might think a little tattoo that matches your party theme is something just to throw in a favor bag, but you can set up a little station. I love stations at a party. Set up a station, set out all the tattoos, and the kids can choose, especially when they're little and they can't do them themselves. And you can, you know, dramatically put their tattoo on for them on their little arm or wherever they want it. And that is a good activity. Costs nothing for those tattoos. And if you do stations like this, enlist help. If you have grandparents coming to the party, if you have the kids' aunts and uncles, if you have other parents who are hanging around, give them a job. Um, everyone likes to have a job. Honestly, I think it's more fun to sit and paint a toddler's nails than to make small talk with the moms you don't know, right? So get everyone in there and get them helping with the activities. That is always fun for everyone. One year, my son had a dinosaur party and this one was super cute, minus the traumatic event with the pinata. But we had um, a station where they could dig for dinosaur fossils. And my husband found some little real dinosaur fossils. Somehow he picked these up somewhere. And we took a clear tub, like, you know, just a storage tub, and filled it with sand and dirt. Buried those fossils in there. And if you know my husband, which most of you don't, but let me just tell you, he made like correct sedimentary layers he like layered that tub up as if it were the real earth because he likes that kind of attention to detail it was super cute and so the kids just took turns it was like a station and they got to go and dig until they found a fossil and then take home their fossil one crazy one we did is and I was just telling some friends about this when my son was turning three and I was ginormously pregnant with my daughter it was about a month before she was born he had a construction themed party it was a really cute one and my husband was adamant that these kids need to dig in something. They need to have like the little backhoes and the little shovels and the construction equipment and dig somehow. So we got one of those uh, plastic, like hard plastic kiddie pools, you know, the round ones that you get at the grocery store for like $10. They're not very big, but it was big when it came time to fill it with beans. We got tons of just dry pinto beans filled that kid's tub with beans and then put his little construction toys and some shovels and some different tools in there for the kids to dig in the beans. But here's what was funny. <laughs> and if you are a parent, you will understand this. So some of you will relate to this. You have your one and only first child. And of course, my son, we would just watch him do everything and make sure he was, you know, neat and clean and say, oh, you know, keep all the beans in the pool. And we knew that he would perfectly play with this forever. Well, you get a house full of crazy three-year-olds. Hilarious, y'all. There were beans everywhere. Now, we had a tarp under it. It was in our living room, this swimming pool full of beans. And it really didn't stress us out, but we had not thought about how crazy it could get with the beans with multiple kids. We just didn't know what we didn't know. And it really was funny. We all got a kick out of it at the party. And I remember one friend was saying, you should have a prize next year at their birthday if someone finds a bean. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, about a year later, we did a big renovation on our house and so moved all the furniture out and took the rugs up and everything. And we found a few beans. Um, that was a little bit crazy. 
but it's a great memory. And that's one thing I want to say about these parties. They are a lot of work and it can make a mess and it can be a lot of planning. I think all of that planning and decorating and all of that is really fun, but it is a lot of hard work. But let me tell you, I do not regret having those parties. We made so many memories. We marked those birthdays so well. We enjoyed doing it. We got to know their friends and their families. So it really is worth the time. Back to activities. You can always hire entertainment as well. One year we had a fabulous face painter. We love to go to the Christmas brunch at the Brown Palace Hotel in downtown Denver. And many years they had this woman who did the most beautiful face painting. I mean, she was just amazing. And so I took her business card and we hired her to do my daughter's birthday party one year. That was really cool. We enjoyed that a lot. One year, we hired a guy from the Butterfly Pavilion, which is, it's up north from our house. It's not super close to us, but it is a local place that has butterflies and bugs and sort of a natural sort of living museum. Not quite a zoo, not quite a museum. And I've talked about this on another podcast I was on, but we had this guy bring in bugs for a bug party and he brought hissing cockroaches, he brought like millipedes, and he brought Rosie the tarantula, which if you are from the Denver area, you know Rosie, you've probably seen Rosie on a field trip. Well, Rosie the tarantula was in my living room and the kids got to hold her if they wanted. The moms got to hold her. We all screamed and took photos. That was really memorable. One year we had a Lego party and there was a Lego guy who came and brought all the materials Um, did a build with the kids. They didn't get to keep it, if I remember correctly, but he took them through and taught them some things about Legos. And that was really nice and something that they could do better than I could or my husband could. You can also do a more homegrown version of these things if that fits your budget. That's perfectly fine, of course. Sometimes we did have a lot of fun um, hiring someone and bringing them in to do a cool activity with the kids. I'll wrap up the activities talk because I know it's getting long with saying we always love a bounce house. Um, Bounce houses are great to get out that energy. I love when I can find one to fit my theme. That is always great. If you have good weather, it's lovely. And as a bonus, if you've never rented a bounce house before, in my experience, usually the company will be fairly generous with the time. And that means your own kids can bounce and enjoy it before the party and after the party, which is really kind of magical and cool to get to do that. And it helps if you're setting up for the party and then later when you're cleaning up, you can send the kids out to bounce. It's also a nice activity while you're waiting for parents to pick up. If that's the situation, you can send everyone out to just bounce till their mom comes. So there are all kinds of activities. I encourage you to get creative with it. Warm weather and playing outside are always the best if you can do that as well. So let's talk briefly about gifts. Uh, Likely people will bring gifts to your party and there's always been a debate amongst my friends and you know on the birthday party scene to open the gifts or not to open the gifts. Obviously it's a little stressful to open the gifts during the party. We have had some where we waited and opened them later and that actually is really nice and really peaceful and you can really see everything and make sure you know who it's from. But my advice is to open the gifts at the party. Your kids' friends want to see them open the gift they brought. It can be, you know, (laughs) we always sit on the floor and you have that circle of kids who just gets closer and closer and they're just on top of you and you're like, everyone scoot back. So we have a little room. 
but it's just part of it. And it's a good way to model graciously accepting a gift for your kids. Let them practice saying thank you and being kind and not saying, I have this, right? Being kind when they open the third uh, same gift that they've already opened two of at the same party. I always would coach my kids before and say, oh, this is lovely. Thank you. Now, sometimes they would still say, oh, I have this. Great. And when they were really small, but eventually they learn how to graciously open and accept a gift. I think gift opening is great to do also at the very end of the party so that if people are coming to pick up their kids and if they want to stay and see all the gifts open, they can. If not, they can head on out, but open those gifts. Now for my final tip, and this is the best one perhaps. As the host, as the mom who is making this magical birthday happen, no matter what time of day the party is, whether you do that late morning or early afternoon or you do a breakfast party or whatever, give yourself the rest of the day off. Take it from me. I love to party hard and I love to rest hard and I know my own patterns And I say you have that party. Don't plan anything for that night. Don't put a lot of expectations on yourself. Clean up as soon as you can. Don't leave the mess. As soon as everyone leaves, get it cleaned and picked up as much as you can. Then put on your pajamas and call it a day. This means you order pizza for dinner. You are not really responsible for much else. Let your kid play with all their new gifts and just give yourself a nice bath. Maybe have a treat, have an extra piece of birthday cake after that pizza you ordered for dinner. Just plan on taking the rest of the day to recover because it is a lot to be social and to entertain a lot of little kiddos, to talk to a lot of parents that maybe you don't know well, and to make that effort to socialize. So I am a big fan of just making the party, the activity of the day, and the rest of the time it's like mama is off duty. So I had some questions come in on Instagram, which I super appreciate. That really helps. And I love to hear what you want to know about. I talked about budget tips throughout the episode. That was one of the questions. Another was easy go-to decorations. And that depends on the theme. I always like to set a really fun table for the kids, sometimes also for the adults. I also love to set up a cake table or put the cake on my island with napkins. And sometimes I would frame a little printed out thing that says, you know, red velvet cake with cream cheese icing. That's always nice to do. Uh, But my favorite decoration for my kids' parties is framed photos of their previous birthdays. I put these out every year. I love to find the themed birthday frame. You could also do plain frames. I like, you know, more is more is kind of my thing. But get a cute picture of them from every birthday and put them out year after year. And it really is fun to look back on. And you're only doing one per year, so it doesn't cost a lot. But that can be a great way to decorate over and over again. I also had another question about how old is too old for themed parties. This, in my opinion, first of all, is never. I've given my husband a themed party, but you just get a little more sophisticated with it the older the kids get. I think you want to keep it age appropriate. For instance, uh, when my son was, I don't know, early middle school, I want to say, he just had a few friends and they went to do an escape room. That's what he wanted to do for his party. So I had, I've always made custom napkins, no surprise for their birthdays. So I had, we can't escape it. Brett is 12 or however old he was. And I had escape room themed invitations 
and I believe his cake was also escape room themed. But that year, as they get a little older, we tend to do a smaller friend outing and then we do a family party. So I feel like you can go more crazy with the theme for the family party and then play it a little bit cooler in front of the friends as they get older. So you can still find some sort of theme and play it out where you can with paper goods, with the invitation, but maybe you don't give a themed goodie bag if they're a little too old for that and you just sort of play it down a little bit, but I still love to do a theme. And with COVID this year, we did not have parties for our kids. We did a little getaway to, um, one was to a hotel and one was to an Airbnb, both very COVID safe situations. And we just celebrated as a family with a change of scenery. And I did a theme for both. I had a theme for their paper products. I did um, cupcakes and cupcake toppers. And this was for ages 11 and 14. So they still had sort of a mini theme. I would just say make the way you execute the theme kid appropriate. And honestly, if your kid doesn't want it or if they feel like they're too old for it, then maybe it is time to move on. But I've been able to sneak in a theme so far. But definitely, at least through elementary school, you can do a themed party. Kids' birthday parties really can create incredible memories. It's fun to celebrate your kids and show hospitality to their friends, to get creative with a theme. So I hope I've given you some helpful tips and inspired you to host a good old-fashioned kids' birthday party. Let's take a break, and I'll be back with three things I'm loving this week. Are you getting my email newsletter? The Friday Fet is a party in your inbox each Friday morning. Start the weekend off with an idea for movie night, news about the latest podcast episode, and new products from Suburban Soiree. The Friday Fet is the best way to stay in the know with all the fun and get coupon codes and exclusive information. To join, head to the link in the show notes to join the party. Now for the three things I'm loving this week. I've got an office supply and two beauty products for you. These are just things that really jumped out at me this week. They're all things that I've used for a while, so they are not new to me, but maybe they will be new to you. The first is a set of pens. It's like a set of pens and markers, kind of a variety pack. It's from Crayola. Of course, I will link it up for you. I bought a few for stocking stuffers at Christmas and then I bought a set for myself. I love this whole set because it's got highlighters, permanent markers, gel pens, and some really good felt tip pens. I'm tempted to get some more of the felt tip pens, so I will link those separately as well. It's just a good mix of fun colors if you like to write in your planner, make to-do lists, write little notes to yourself, write notes to other people. If you're a pen person, this is a really good one, and it's inexpensive as well. Next up is... One of my all-time favorites, so I can't believe I have not mentioned this yet because I've literally taken this to a favorite things party, but that is Chanel Waterproof Eyeliner. This eyeliner is hands down the best I have ever used. It stays on so well, you can cry, you can sweat, you can wear it all day, and you won't have it running down your face. It stays on really, really well, at least for me. I like the espresso color. I will link it up. Now, if you're used to getting your eyeliner at the grocery store or at Target, you might have a little sticker shock. But again, it stays on all day. It's a really good quality product that truly is 
waterproof and lasts really well. So if you're an eyeliner person like me, I love makeup, um, you might want to try this eyeliner. The other item is just super basic. I had to order both of these this week and that's what made me think of sharing them with you. Um, but it's the MAC Mineralize Setting Powder. Back in the day when I was on the news and when I hosted my TV show, I exclusively used MAC makeup because A, it was the best for on camera and B, y'all, I got a discount. I used to get 30% off MAC makeup. You get a discount if you are on-air talent, you get an even bigger discount, I believe, if you are a makeup artist and there's a few other things you can qualify for. Uh, sadly, I let that lapse and I do not have that anymore. It's only fair because I'm not on, on air anymore, but I am a big Mac fan because I was so loyal to it for so many years and I love so many of their products, but this mineralized setting powder is a great powder to put on over your foundation to kind of set everything. And alternatively, if you're trying to do like a no makeup makeup look, you can use the powder by itself. Um, because it is kind of that mineral form, it will work that way, but it's best over your foundation. And I just really like it. And I'm running super low. So I hope it arrives soon because I need my powder. That is all for today. I hope you will soon have a house full of crazy kids for a birthday party and that you keep celebrating. Thank you so much for listening. I would love for you to subscribe to this podcast and I truly appreciate your five-star reviews.